Oh yeah. Y'all already know what time it is. Kendrick Lamar. Album coming Friday, so I got a little uh, medley for you guys, a little Kendrick Lamar montage for you guys to kind of get you guys hyped for the album. And y'all might not even know where this clip came from right here. But I did that on purpose to throw you guys off. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of my favorite songs and fir- favorite verses. And I know the whole verse. I might rap it one day for y'all. Or maybe rap along. But I don't really like you hearing me like doing stuff like that. Candyman is coming tomorrow. Well, Friday, I guess. I tried to cover all the albums. But there's so many songs to choose from and I don't want this to be super long. A lot of people may not know this verse, but he performed this at one of the award shows one day, but it's off of the Black Panther album. But he went the hell off on this verse. I'm only play some of it. I try not to talk the part when you ever start snapping. I'll switch it up one more time What's coming up next Everybody should know this song Like Even if you're not a Kendrick fan Everyone knows this song So I had to throw this one in there Just trying to get you guys hyped up like I am. This is how I started out my week. Like all week, I've been playing like Kendrick Lamar albums from, from the first, from the first mixtape to the last album we got. But I really been taking another deep dive on uh, the Pimper Butterfly. I think that's my favorite one because it was his most. I think it was. His, I think it might be his best work to me. But I felt like that's what we might be getting when the album come out, like a, another version of that, like as far as content wise. But yep, we are here. It's Kendrick's week. Today's might be Kendrick's month, and I cannot wait to to dive, dive into this with Jen and go over the lyrics and break it down. Talk about the adventure that we went on with the album. So by the time you hear this, the album will already be out. See how it goes. This is another one I think everybody should know off of his first album. I think I think the last one was on his first album too. But it's one of the more commercial radio records for the masses. But I like the B side stuff. More the album cuts. I know y'all all don't feel like y'all just needed to be alone. I do. Shit, I don't want to be around people half the time, but I got a job to do. Yeah. 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 
I don't have my good DJ voice today, guys. Look inside of my soul and you can find gold and maybe get rich. Look inside of your soul and you can find out it never exists. I can feel the changes. I can feel a new life. I always knew life can be dangerous. I can say that I like a challenge and you to me is painless. You don't know what pain is. How can I paint this picture when the colorblind is hanging with you? And everybody knows this one. This is off the Pimper Butterfly. This was one of the singles. But this song has new meaning. Like, I don't think it was ever intended to be the way that it was, but it took on a life of its own. We gonna be alright. Kendrick and Pharrell. We gonna be alright. When I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Oh, yeah, tell him, him. Get him. We're about to go ahead and start the show, guys. I'm going to let you we're gonna get Jen on the phone. Just want to get you guys hyped like I was. But, yeah, man, today's going to be a good show. Today's going to be a good show. We're rolling. And we and I know what episode it is this time too because I've been preparing for it. I'm like this is this Good. is this is like D Day. This is this is <laughs> <laughs> this this is a day that I've been waiting for for a long, long time. And the fact that we gotta wait two more days is still driving me nuts. But uh this is episode sixty eight of I Don't Have a Name for This Yet Podcast and I'm your host, A one, and I am patiently or impatiently waiting for Kung Fu Kenny, Candyman, to drop his album this Friday. I'm about to lose my mind. I've been, I've been, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a one, and I'm about to lose my mind. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. And I'm Jen Walters, and I have a purebred crackhead. Uh, where'd you get that from? <laughs> that is literally what my dog is. Like her. <laughs> She's a purebred dog, and I registered with the. She's registered with the AKC, the American Kennel Club, and so I registered her. Her papers came today, and it's like, like, it has her pedigree papers and her family tree. It's so cute. So like, I had met her parents when I went to meet the breeders, but it's like it's legit a family tree. It's like her parents. It goes to like her great grand. Mm-hmm. Dog parents, <laughs> like this is like serious shit. But I paid all this money for this dog, and she's a crackhead. She is a legit. She acts like someone high on drugs. Like she's just insane. I can believe it. But I love her to death. I definitely can believe it. But you know they have places for uh, for animals that are on drugs. You know, one eight hundred Charter that you can call. <laughs> <laughs> get it get it going get it going Peter is about to storm his podcast talking about this dog on drugs Where's you know what you know what <laughs> it is I had a Peter joke this week too I don't know where I saw it either I thought of it but I thought it was hilarious but um we'll get back to it so yeah so we about to start this episode off y'all already this episode is gonna <laughs> it's the pre-Kendrick Lamar show <laughs> So we got we got some new material from Kendrick recently. We get some more material Friday. So the good thing is that we can talk about this 
today and then next week after we had time to sit with the album play it a million times over the weekend and then you know whenever we get back to it we can digest it and break it down because i think we, i don't know i'm just i'm just ready i'm prepared but so we're gonna we're gonna start off with uh kendrick releasing the heart part five like where were you when the heart part five came out and what were you doing i have no idea oh man <laughs> Where that was it? It might have been Complex on their Instagram released um, just a couple of screenshots with I think it was like a quadrant of like four of the people who he face more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I mean I was probably at my house but working when it came out. Wait, uh, what day did it come out? I, I want to say it came out Sunday because I was actually editing oh, the well, last then, show. And they said it had been out for like 43 minutes. And I was like, uh-uh, let me go look at this. I stopped what I was doing so fast. Oh, then I definitely wasn't working. Um, I really didn't do anything Sunday. So I was either at puppy school with my dog or mm. at the house. Um, But yeah, the first thing, like the vis- so the first introduction I got to it was the visuals. Mm-hmm. And like I immediately could identify who the faces were and I thought process it. I wanted to know like why he chose those people and are there any references to them in the song or anything like that? And then you sent me the link and I listened to it days later. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, Kendra be rapping. (laughs) He does. So I've only listened to it once at this point, guys, but Kendrick be rapping. Um there was there was one line and I was like, did he take that from another song? And I can't even remember what it was. Um and then seeing the full visual for it, um Jesse Smollett surprised me because that wasn't Yeah. That wasn't any of the that wasn't on any of the screen grabs that I saw. I saw like Kanye, Kobe, Will Smith, Nipsey. Never saw Jesse Smollett. Um, but yeah. Um, so I haven't had a chance to like really dissect it and get into things. Um, I do feel that there was like one line that he said that I was like, is he actually talking about Nipsey? Um, but yeah. I Kendrick be rapping. Like, he, he I just does. Feel that, like even before dissecting it like he's mm-hmm. he's rapping yeah man like the way he started out was great uh I'm a, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the video uh you might want to fast forward for a little bit but uh i'm working on my spoiler alerts too um so he starts off the video the first face he changes into is oj simpson i don't know if you caught that one yeah that was yeah. another one when he did, and I was like, that wasn't on any of the screen grabs I saw either. I don't think a lot of people recognize that that was him because whoever running Complex probably is a lot younger than than we are. Like you know, OJ Simpson was big when we were like six, seven, eight, nine, maybe. But still, all the Cole Kardashian is wait, what's the Chloe Kardashian joke? Oh, and I can't. I'm actually really upset that I said that name. But yeah, because I'm really <laughs> trying not to say their names. But yeah, like all the jokes, you should know who the hell that. That nose is very recognizable. I will hope, at first I didn't know who it was. At first I thought I I think I thought it was uh this guy I had seen on um 
on one of these reality shows. And then I realized what he was doing because I was like, man, that look like Kanye. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. And then that's when I caught on that he was changing faces. But uh, Juicy Smoulet definitely uh, was the one that surprised me the most. Um, like on first listen, I was just like, man, yeah, he going off. The second verse was the verse I think was probably one of the better verses. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third verse was totally dedicated to Nipsey, and that's when I realized because he changed like some of the some of the some of the faces he changed when he said certain lines and phrases like the faces changed like he said bipolar grabbing your pockets like he changed into Kanye West. I'm not quite sure why he changed into uh, OJ Simpson besides the part where he said you're being an icon or something like that for the culture or something mm-hmm. like that because. OJ Simpson was really, really big back in the day. The Jews, like, nobody could stop yes. the Jews, you know? And then, like, I want to say he morphed into Juicy Smoulet, and he said something about having your own people get two black people to do it. Something like that. From the culture to do it. And I, I thought that was just him referencing, like, uh, him having the Nigerian people like, you know, say, you know, pretend like they beat him up or just doing a little hate crime against them. So immediately, mm-hmm. like when I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is pretty good, pretty good. And then I realized he was rapping about Nipsey. And he changed, I'm not sure why he changed it in a couple. I have to go back and listen to it again. But I think he was changing all like the, the icons that we've had or that we've lost or that have fallen from grace. Um, like I think that uh, the Nipsey verse is the part that probably stuck out the most to people because it's the most obvious verse. You know, he changes into Nipsey. He's speaking about Nipsey. He's rapping like Nipsey in the cadence and the way that he does. You know, and, you know, I think the second verse, I think he was talking about where he was when he found out the news about Nipsey. And I thought that was pretty crazy. I was just like, it's okay. pretty sad because I think they're both from they're both from Compton, but um, probably from like different blocks. Um, But I, I think I don't think they were close, close, but I think they were like tight. Like they like they knew each other. They F with each other. And um. You know, they did their music. They always shouted each other out. Like, you can tell it was, like, love between them. Like, you know, like that type yeah. of thing. And I think it really bothered them. And, like, one thing, like, as I was listening to this and just listening to some, just, you know, recalling some of the interviews I've I've listened to Kendrick speak on, like, Kendrick has dealt with a lot of death. And I think these, when these things happen, I think it really affects him. I think that's why he came out the way that he came out. And I think it was, it was a little different from what he usually does on the hearts. But mm-hmm. this one, I think this was it was it was the same, but it was a little bit different because usually he just goes off like rapping, like killing shit. Um, but I think this one was something a little bit more personal for him. But I it just had me thinking, because if you like, it's, it's like where I'm in, where I'm going to end up going is back to, to Pimp a Butterfly. Like people thought of like how how odd and left field it was for him. But he was going through some shit on there, too. Like, people don't realize that, but, like, his, one of his friends had died on there. And, like, I don't know if you remember the song where he's, like, um, he's kind of rapping like he's drunk and sad and crying. Like, mm-hmm. like he was talking about, he was just talking about the guilt he felt, like, just all the stuff he's had to deal with. Like, his sister being pregnant at 15, his friend dying, not being able to make it there. He FaceTimed him, and the dude ended up dying. He, you know, I don't think people realize how real that was. Like, that just wasn't a made-up story. That was something that's true. So when I heard him doing this about Nipsey, like I knew he was really feeling. It kind of made me get a little teary. I just seeing him and Kobe's faces pop up on the screen, it made me feel a little. Well, I was just like, dang, like, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot because I don't know what to expect, but I I do think 
we're gonna get a lot of like 70s 60s soul on this album ain't gonna keep hyping it up too much but oh have you <laughs> i don't know if you listen to the end of the other episode but i was going crazy at the end not too crazy but i, I wanted to go crazier but i think we're gonna get a lot of that and i did want to say uh what stood out to me what was a, a the first thing that stood out was that they used the Marvin Gaye sample. Okay. And people don't usually get to use Marvin Gaye stuff without paying an, an, an enormous amount of money or people just giving yeah. it a blessing. So just me knowing music the way that I know, like I know that, or either somebody had to really reconstruct that piece by piece. Like they had to play it themselves. They couldn't sample it. That's the only way you could do that. You have to replay it yourself, like recreate it. So I was like either one of the two one of the two so i thought that was pretty crazy that he chose that one. and it was funny because i was listening to that song like over the weekend too but i think that that definitely got the buzz going for kendrick i think it definitely got people up and clamoring like me like i think he did like 12 million views in one day like, that's wild that's crazy because i know when i had started watching it was already at like five million and that maybe maybe like I want to say like five million, five and a half, and I think it had like a hundred and forty-seven likes at the time. Then I checked it again. By the time I sent it to you, it was at like five hundred and fifty-five something likes, something like that. Like it was five hundred fifty-five thousand likes or something like that. It was it was crazy just to watch and just see people clamor, like for what we think we're going to be getting from Kendrick. Like, it's, it's a lot in there that we got to unpack, though. Like, once we have time to digest it all, like, it's, I think it's going to be a, a album to remember for sure. I think so. Wait, the, the song where he raps about his friend dying, I, I want is it Sing About Me? No, that's on Good Kid, Mad no. City. The, the one okay, because that's what I'm getting confused with. Like, I'm thinking about Sing About Me. When that's on Good Kid, Mad City. So then, I then I don't know which one you're referring to on Simple Butterfly. Then. So the song is called "You." It's called. It's in the you. middle of the album, isn't it? I think it's, it's like in the middle, middle of the album. Okay. Okay. And it's like I know you. I know you hate yourself. I hate you too. He's kind of yeah. rapping like that, but that's why he kept saying, "I woke up in a hotel room screaming." And, like, that came from a real place, too, because I was listening to this interview he did, like, not too long ago, and, like, they were just kind of talking about how he created that and, like, how, you know, like, what events he experienced to lead him to that point. And that had a lot to do with, like, South Africa, his friends dying, his sister getting pregnant, like, just dealing with a lot of things that we didn't really get to see. But I think that's why Kendrick goes off the grid from time to time because he be dealing with shit. Because, like, you know, people saying we haven't had anything from him in five years. And I was like, not exactly. He's had some features. And then he did do the whole Black Panther album. So I kind of count that part of his, as, as a part of his discography. And that was 2019. So he, he's still on par for, like, every two or three years. Okay. True. And, I mean, for someone who, I mean, gives us such so much of himself in his music i can imagine needing to take a break when you know these are the topics that you're rapping about oh yeah most definitely yeah most definitely and like like i know i was just watching twitter people like oh well drake like don't nobody remember anything kendrick says drake 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 but like but drake don't make this kind of music drake has a very cookie cutter way to his success 
and he doesn't yeah. deviate from the plan. He don't try anything different. He don't try anything out of the box. Like he don't try anything that's not popular. And you know, so you can't really like. I don't really like give him the same you know praises I would give like a Cole or Kendrick because they're always doing something different. They're doing something groundbreaking. But Drake is always doing something that's already hot or that's already like you can tell it's going to work because that's what people's ears are are tuned to. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't. I hate when I see that. I like, but Drake could never do this. Kendrick could do what Drake does, but I don't think Drake could do what Kendrick does ever, ever. Very fair. Very fair. But then it also got me to thinking back when he put out Control, and then when Drake was saying like he said it was a cool song, but like does anybody remember any of the lines off of there? And everybody was like laughing because they Drake fans. He was like exactly. He was like right, exactly. No one remember that, you know. But I was like, you're just mad because he tore your ass a new one, and you could never do that. But they yeah they've been trading bars back and forth for a while. But Drake Drake knows not to push it. He knows. He knows. And I think you can tell that Drake knows that he's like, I'm just a pop culture rapper because he defaults to, do you know any of those lines? He doesn't default to like, you know, was anything like a good double entendre? Nothing, you know, nothing like lyrical, just like, is it catchy? Do you remember what he said? I'm just like, you don't have to remember stuff bar for bar, but music is it's not just about what you can remember. It's about what you can make people feel and yeah. sometimes even even if you feel something when you're listening to it that doesn't mean that you're going to remember it and be trying to scream it out in the club but it doesn't yeah. mean that it's any less impactful it's it's less impactful maybe on the billboard charts maybe on what the structured way of determining success in the music industry is but that doesn't mean that it's not that he's right that he's not good because he's definitely he's more than good and again he could definitely wipe the floor with Drake any day of the week yeah it, it, to me, I, I just I hate when they do that when they just kind of bring up Drake or this. But I was like, last time I checked, Kendrick outsold Drake, and I'm not really a big big person that's on like the numbers and you know who sold the most because a lot of that stuff is made up. A lot of that stuff is bought. Like for instance, like I know that I want to say Cash Money or. No, I think Cash Money did it, and I want to say uh, Rockefeller did it. They would buy the albums. Like, mm-hmm. they'll buy a million of their own albums. So, like, now you got a, a bump because you have bought your own albums. And I realized what they was doing. You know how we used to get, like, free CDs at the concerts? That's what they were doing, giving them away to the people. Oh. And I think that's how you cover it up, and that's how you bump your album sales. So, like, when you get, like, these bundle deals, you get these deals and stuff like that, there's, there's always a trick to it that people don't talk about it. Like, the average consumer don't talk about stuff like that because they won't know. They won't know. But the only reason I know because I, I don't been around a few music people, and they kind of put you on to how it works, and then you just hear a, a, a few artists come out eventually and say, hey, this is how this worked. This is what we did. And you're like, okay, so what they were saying was true. But I forgot why I said that. Oh, oh, about about the numbers. I don't really care about the numbers. I, I really care about the impact and the quality of music. And I think we definitely are about to get that. And I and I sent you the picture of his. Uh, I think that's going to be his album cover. Okay. So I don't know what to expect. Like I think this, if if it's a double disc album, like I think we're gonna be in for a ride. This is gonna be crazy. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But I I do feel like that. 
that the heart part five really showed why he was the first rapper to get a, a Pulitzer Prize for 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 rapping. No rapper has ever done it. You know, I am surprised they never gave Cole one because I think Cole is is in that same vein. But I think Kendrick has just been doing something a little bit different. A little bit, at least from the beginning. Kendrick came out this way. Cole kind of like morphed into it. To me. I don't want to say he morphed into it. I think he just got just better at it. I don't like, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like Cole was always this type of lyrical storytelling rapper, but I feel like he just sharpened his skills as he went along and like got more captivating as he went along. Whereas I think Kendrick came out like, just as he is, like just as intense as he always was, but still manages to keep the same energy, but evolve. I, I can go with that. I guess, I guess, because Cole kind of came out more commercial. Like they kind of packaged him up like a different way than they packaged Kendrick. Kendrick got to do what he wanted, from what it seems. Yeah, that's very fair. I do. I definitely agree that Cole came out a lot more commercial. Yeah, because he like can't get enough with Trey songs. Then he had a. Uh... Workout with uh, I got a good thing. Something, yeah, something, something. you know, like those type of songs. Those are his singles and Mister, Mister Nice Watch. That was a little commercial to me. Like he didn't really like Kendrick. The, I think the most commercial song Kendrick probably had at that time was maybe Swimming Pools or you know yeah or, or maybe Don't Kill My Vibe might not be too commercial, but like it, they were just they were just handled differently. It would just happen yeah. differently, but I think that because because definitely when you listen to like the warm up, uh, you know the come up, the warm up from J Cole, like you can t- Friday Night Lights, you can tell that he was like doing that same thing, but he didn't really get to do that once he started like making actual studio albums. So those, but those are those are the two, those are the ones, you know, like like on coming to America, they say there they go, there they go, those are two. Those are the ones. <laughs> Every time we start talking about Drake, y'all gotta bring up Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. Yeah. Rockin' Marciana. Rockin' Marciana ain't shit. <laughs> now I want someone to like dead ass recreate that scene with Kent, like, are you about Kendrick and Cole now? Oh I might do it, man. Please. I might do it. Because I, I can do all of those voices. I can do all of those voices. I can do them all. I might do it. I might, I might have to do it. It might, it might take a lot of time, but I think I can do it. He beat <laughs> Joe Lewis's ass. That's what he told him. But I can do that. But um, we're going to see, man. What else, what else about that song? Um, What else? What else? What else? Oh, um, I, I like to see that the responses that, that people gave to the song. Because like I said, the, the most standout thing was that it didn't the tribute to Nipsey and like I want to say Lauren London heard it and she thought it was powerful, but I think what he said he said I ain't got to be here in the flesh to hug you, like I was like man that was pretty that was pretty that was pretty tight like it just it just kind of got me feeling away because everybody dying left and right, and I think like I knew coming well I'm gonna get to that in a minute, but uh because that's gonna lead us into insecure, but um. But yeah, it just, it just had me feeling away. Just like after all the people I, I I've lost, and you know, just just stuff, and you can't really hug these people no more. So 
Yeah. It was really rough. It was really rough, but it, it definitely was a good song. But the the good thing is that song isn't gonna be on the album. It's not gonna be on the album. <laughs> I do think that it also highlights the importance, even though I know that I had a whole discussion about why record labels don't want to put money into music videos. Um, I think it highlights the importance of visuals because without having that that Nipsey visual running along with some of those with you know parts of that would I have ever put two and two together would I have ever wondered if any of it was about Nipsey if I was just listening to it and so I think that I mean and even though it's the the basic shot is of course probably not expensive but then you have to think about how much special effects to mark his face so that's where your budget goes into but I do think that there is value in having visuals behind things, especially when it's visuals like that. Like, again, we can, everyone can do visuals of a party at a club. Like, we get it. But if I, I like the fact that he took something, that he did visuals, and then he took something that was a simple concept and put meaning behind it. But, I mean, I also think that that's, just Kendrick altogether. He's very intentional in his steps. And so again, it's it's Most something definitely. that's consistent that I appreciate. You know what? Like now that now that we're getting into the visual, because this is a part I totally because it, it's been so much that's been going on, like since then I've just been thinking about. But like you can tell like how he kinda came on, like his appearance is just in a white t shirt. He looked like he's just tired, you know, but what I wanted to say was that on the song, like how he was like rapping with the visuals, like you could kind of tell that he, to me, it seemed like he was channeling Nipsey. Like he was channeling some of these people, like like invoking these type of, you know, his spirit, like maybe Nipsey was speaking through him. And that's kind of what the third verse is. I think the third verse is, yeah, the third verse is from Nipsey's perspective. Like the, the second half of it. You know, when you talk about the guy, he's like, I can see the pain in your eyes when the trigger squeezed, you know. You know, he said, uh, he said something about, he said, I think he said, I forgive you, but your soul is in question. Because the guy that killed him, well, those who don't know, but the guy who killed him was somebody that he was really familiar with. So, you Mm -hmm. know, it was, it was just a lot, but I I felt like how he, you know, it just kind of felt like he was channeling somebody, um, and I feel like he did that one time before too, because you know a lot of people compare him to Tupac. But like, I get it, but not really. But I don't know. But that also go back to Pimper Butterfly too. Like they, it was it was some things that he was saying that when he went to go, because I don't know if you know, but like that album, he went to South Africa before that, so he went to see Nelson Mandela's um, where they kept him in that prison cell. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a song. I don't know if it's on the unreleased version. He kept saying Robin's Island. But that's a, that's that's the jail that they had Nelson Mandela in, like off the west coast of South Africa. It's about a mile off the west coast. Um, but he was saying when he went in there, like he could kind of like feel it. He's got this strange energy about him, and I was just like, interesting, interesting that he just kind of like channeled these things. And then like on the Pippa Butterfly, he had this skit on. I don't know if you remember when Tupac was speaking. He said he said we ain't even really rapping. We just letting our dead homies tell stories through us. And I felt that's what that's what this immediately gave me. I don't know if you remember that part. Um, at the end, the very very end. 
on that really long one? Yeah, let me see what let me see what the name of that song was. Cause I, I think it comes on after Mortal Man. Let's see. I thought Mortal Man was the last one that was like super long. It might be, because that's my favorite song on there. I love Mortal Man. Um, let's see. Let me just double check though. To pimp a butterfly. So yeah, Mortal Man. So yeah. Okay. So at the end of Mortal Man, Tupac's been, but he said, he said, we ain't even really rap. We just letting our dead homies tell stories to us. And that's exactly what that third verse felt like to me. But anyway, that, 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 that got me going. That got me going. This is definitely going to be Kendrick Lamar's week. It's going to be Kendrick Lamar's month. Day. I was going to say, just change it because I know you want to say longer than a week. Yeah, it's gonna be Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar's year to me. I, 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 I just can't. I just can't control myself. I keep waking up like, dang, it ain't fucking Friday yet. <laughs> like, come on. But, but I am waiting for it though. Um, I think there was one more thing I wanted to say about that, but I'm trying to think on it. Um. Yeah. Any, anything else that you can think of? I can't. Like, I'm excited to go back in listen to it again and really start to get into what he was saying but other than that no but I mean it's a it's a good precursor to what's gonna come two days from now yeah I definitely think he set the tone um but but those lyrics was pretty good though but I like what he was saying about the culture like where people he was basically just saying like people have gotten so numb to violence like it's just a normal thing now and then it's a lot of us you know like a black on black crime you know like that ain't really ever gonna go nowhere because people usually kill people that are that are around them um mm-hmm. but it's just it's just crazy it's just crazy to see but I think just based on the album cover and the some of the subject matter we got in this song I think we're gonna get some stuff that that might try to push the culture forward a little bit. Remember how Jay-Z came out and said death to auto-tune and no more jerseys and everybody start stop wearing jerseys and so I think we might get something along that line. I would like to see that. Along that line of what? Uh, like where he's just saying, people. you know, like I think like far as music goes, like what we're what we're rapping about, what we're entertaining into, um, you know, because he was saying <laughs> I'm sorry. I might be able, we might contribute some of that to Kendrick, but if anything, I think a lot of that will be attributed to YSL because oh, yeah. you all rapping about your Rico charges and now you got to fuck the Rico, about your Rico activities and now you got Rico charges. Yeah, so, that's scary too. It's very scary. That is very scary. I, I thought about putting it on there, but I was like, I don't have all the details. I felt like at the time I didn't have enough details until this morning. I uh I actually like listened to what the what the what the uh the indictment I think it's like eighty eight pages. I used to listen yep. to some of them just kinda what they got them on and what they got who on. But I guess that I guess we can kinda segue into that too. Cause, um, cause I know Kendrick was saying on there, he because he was saying, um he was saying, I don't know who he was talking to, but he was saying, like, make sure you get those investments. And like that's what people are doing, because a lot of people just save money or they blowing their money on like like stupid stuff, but to to go into the whole Rico thing with a uh, young thug was that uh, basically like the area where that particular gang is at. Like I grew up in that area. Like when I was when I was young. Like that's where that's where home was was until we moved. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I'm familiar with the area. I'm familiar with some of the people from over there. None of them, because a lot of them are younger than me. But my thing is, is that I don't care what – I just don't understand, like, why people are doing that. Like, why, why people are just doing that. And, you know, like, I don't know if you have been paying attention to the news here that one of the guys shot the cop. And I think that's what probably triggered a response, like, for them to come down real hard on them because he was part of the gang, allegedly. And um, he shot that cop six times. And I think he shot him in the head, too. But he lived. And I think that's probably what like made them want to crack down on that. And a lot of the little little, little petty crimes and shootings on the highway, that's what it's been about. Because you I don't know if, remember, if you remember before they left, like all those highway shooting people just getting shot at like at random places. Like I think yes. that had a lot to do with that. I really do. Like now that I'm thinking about it, like that's either somebody done put a hit out on somebody, somebody got road raised. But when you see stuff happen at like two, three in the morning, like that's something else. That's something else. Like that ain't just road rage. That's that's somebody done put a hit out on somebody for sure. There was I remember because I remember it didn't get a lot of like or I didn't see it getting a lot of mainstream attention. And it was like I was seeing it on social media. And I I remember there was just like a point where I was really afraid to go out at night. Like I didn't I wanted to hang out with my friends, but I didn't want to because I was like, I do not want to get on any of these expressways driving at night because people are literally just shooting people randomly at night. Yeah, that that was scary. And like, I try not to go places at nighttime anyway, unless I really, really have to. But it did make me think twice about, you know, watching my surroundings and who's around me. And just different stuff like that, just moving different because people were people were being reckless. But I felt like once they shot at a, you know who Saha the Prince is? Mm-hmm. Like once they shot at him and he didn't know why. Like that's when I felt like this definitely got something to do with some game. Like not saying that he's in one, but I know he was out there in the streets. Allegedly, he was out there in the streets. So you just never know. You never know. And like. Some of the some of the stuff he said in his songs was around that same era, so I could see if it was like a territory beef or, you know, just payback or just trying to get him because you know he done came up. You just never know. But it just it just got me to thinking, like just just knowing some of the stuff that I know, like just about that type of life through other people, because I don't do stuff like that. But like the the indictment puts them for like. Like fifty murders. That is crazy. Dating like over like over five years back. I want to say it was maybe like, I think they said since two thousand sixteen or two thousand fifteen, something like that. And I want to say two thousand twelve. Sheesh. And and you know people were asking if you're, you know, why wait for it to pile up to fifty, and it's like. I don't know, man. There's a, of course, some people are like, you know, allow because they're killing mostly black people. So, like, you know, just let them, let them pick people off, let them pick off the un, quote unquote undesirables who you probably don't want, you know, who the city doesn't want around anyways, and then let the charges pile up, and then you can get them for more time because you have more murders, or and then you have some people who are like, oh well, no, they really needed it to. You know, to um to build a really 
airtight case for it. And I mean, we'll get more information as everything goes on, but it really is like, do you really have to wait this over a course of that long and that many murders to get an airtight case or or are they just doing it for other motives? I I think, Um, go ahead. I mean, either way, it's like, I I don't know. I don't know which would be better. Either way, it's like, if you're going to do it, maybe you should also put it in your song lyrics. Um, So there's that. Uh, Yeah. Because they were saying they used some of the music videos and some of the lyrics to tie people together. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Because that can get dangerous. Very. Very because a lot of people be just saying so like I want to say future say he ain't never like done nothing like that but that's what he raps about you know but imagine you know you're just trying to tell stories because you know people like that music and now you tied up into something just because of the way you choose to create art so it's pretty crazy but <clears throat> I will say there's a particular what is it Puerto Rican rapper who's known for that but whatever the one with the rainbow color hair and yes. I thought it was just Mexican. I don't know what he is, but I know the first introduction I had to him, it was a video with him saying nigga and I immediately turned off. I said, I ain't seen one black person in this shit. Why did <laughs> when I tell you I cursed the guy clean out who said this to me, I was like, Don't you ever in your fucking life ever oh, again. That was crazy. My sister used to like to listen to him. But uh but ain't he ain't he from ain't he from your town? He Nah, nah, y'all got a claim borough. on he y'all. I don't. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> man is not from my borough. I don't have to claim none of that. And he from like Dykeman. I, I have nothing to do with Dykeman. <laughs> so lovely. So lovely. That is crazy. But yeah, man. Like he's a good example of somebody who was, you know, just just saying stuff. You know, but what I would say is that uh, they either waited so long because they needed to have enough evidence, like concrete evidence, or they just finally like start making some connections later on because they caught maybe somebody who did this and now they got the gun that matched them to this later on. But what I did hear through the grapevine was that Young Thug had just bought like a hundred acres of land to do. Oh I think he was yeah to do like slime city and i guess he was gonna have like some some public housing there a concert venue for him to uh to do concerts but it was supposed to be like to kind of build up the community and i think when you start moving like that they either put you in jail or they kill you like look at nipsey nipsey's gone he was trying to empower his community you see young thud now he's in jail bill cosby like people saying he was trying to buy cbs he went to jail like a lot of things be happening like at the right time but i think when you start like trying to make a real change and you start buying up land like that amount of land i think that's when people start like looking at you a little different and you know they probably really you know and maybe that was young thug's way of trying to get away from the life and you know trying to trying to change like maybe he was really about to be out of here like he's out of here with the music but he's really about to be out of here now so I think maybe that has something to do with it too. Like he's getting ready to be out of here, and like now you ain't gonna really be able to like put him with any of this because he's gonna be so far removed. So it's it's a lot that that could be going on, and like you said, we will find out more details as uh time goes on. And I know Gunner he had just opened 
like a school store, but it's like everything was free in his old mm-hmm. school. And so it was like free food, free clothes for the kids, but it was like literally built into this old school. And so, yeah, like some, it, it just gets very polarizing because there are some people who are out here really trying to do better for the community who yeah. they do, there is a, specific operation to get them jammed up and killed or put in jail. And then there are other people who were really just like dead wrong, but because people are so attached to who they were in the community, they're just like, oh, they always want to bring always want to bring us down when we're doing good. So it's always it's it's very hard when that argument comes up. But I mean I as they, as time goes on again, we'll we will really see. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be really, really interesting. Um, what else did they say about that? I, I like, I, I just hate to see anybody go to jail, man. Especially like if you're, you know, trying to make a difference. But I know, I know, I was talking to somebody at work today because I don't know. Well, you probably didn't see it, but uh, did this seventeen-year-old kid got shot? Um, because somebody caught him breaking in cars, and I guess they shot at him, and he died. Mm-hmm. But he was. Oh, did you hear about that? Mm-mm. Okay, so they shot him. Like they got, they caught him breaking in cars on Boulevard in a stolen Jeep. Um, so they end up taking the Jeep. After he got shot, they drove down Boulevard and eventually made it to what I know to be Thomasville Heights. Um, everybody keep the news keep calling it Forest Cove, but I know it to be Thomasville Heights. Like like I said, I grew up not too far from those places, but it just made me think that, like, what if that has something to do with this whole YSL thing? But the bigger point was was that, like, the boy ended up dying. They had his family and friends on the news, boo-hoo crying and stuff like that. And I didn't really know whether to feel bad for him, I mean, bad for the people, or, or you know, or just not care. But I was like, part of me feel bad because a life was lost. You Who knows yeah. what he could have turned around and had his life do. But a part of me is also like, like, that's kind of come with what you're out there doing. Like you're out there doing dumb shit. Like like you say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And I hate that the the prize was death. But you know, it, it just kind of make you think like what like what's going on. Like everybody boohooing. Always oh, a good kid, good kid. But good kids don't break into people's cars. And it just it just had me thinking. I was just like, I don't know what to feel when stuff like that happen anymore. Now, if you got shot washing cars, that's totally different. But you are breaking in someone's shit, and who knows what else you're out there doing? Like it just kind of gave you mixed gave me mixed feelings at least. It does. There's because there are times I look at it like, does he like? Is this something that he always does? Is there or? Is there some type of desperate situation that he just got into now that maybe he has nothing to do with and he's just trying to figure out a, some way to make ends meet? And it's like there are some people who you really just end up in bad situations and it has very little to do with anything that you've done. You can have a family member that gets sick. We all know healthcare in this country is terrible. Yeah. And now they have a mass hospital bill and you're just trying to trying to get money any way you know how because you just don't have the same opportunities as other people. 
not saying it's right, but it's like they weren't out do they weren't they didn't have just like purely ill intent for it. So it is it's hard. It's a slippery slope when you hear stuff like that because you just never know what's going on with another person. And there's a part of me that's like, you know, breaking into cars. It's still material things, yeah. you know? And it's like, they're they're breaking into your car. Is, does that even, like, can that count as defending yourself if they're breaking it? And, and it gets, again, you get into these gray areas with, what counts as defending yourself if you're shooting at someone and stuff like that. It's like, is it like, is it, is it necessary to shoot at someone who's taking your stereo or who's taking the $50 that was in, in your sun visor? Like, is it really worth that? And so it does, it does. I do have to stop and think about it. I don't automatically go, oh, well, he shouldn't have been breaking in cars. I mean, he shouldn't have been. It's 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 not the right thing to do, but that doesn't mean that you always have to. You know, death is final, so yeah. it's it's a hard call. Like it's stuff where I just I have to hear the whole story, and sometimes even when I hear the whole story, I can't make a decision about how I really feel about it. Yeah, and that's that's something I thought about. I don't know what they were saying like they could get tricky because if it like unless he felt threatened, they may not, he may not be able to do anything. And then I know a lot of places, at least in Georgia, your uh, your car is an extension of your home. So if you're defending your home, like that's another thing. So it's just really weird. But it it all it all just tied together to me because it seemed like it was it has been an uptick at least over the last five years. I've been a victim of somebody breaking in my shit, getting all my shit. In my car, um, but you know, I don't, it, it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, I used to have a coworker who would leave his door unlocked. I think we had this discussion before, but it was just like, if you're gonna take it, just take it. I don't want to have to lose my stuff and have to file an insurance claim yeah. to pay for a broken window. Just take it, like, and it's crazy. like. The uptake and everything, I mean, again, we, we all know cost of living is on the rise, but wages do not. Um, they just, the wages do not go up proportionally to the cost of living. Uh, of course, we had, we're still in a global pandemic, which has, you know, people have lost their jobs. People, um, companies are hiring, like, I remember it was a couple months back. Um, I think it was like the CEO of Applebee's or something mm-hmm. had sent out like a an email about how he was excited that um, the stimulus checks and all the extra unemployment was ending because then that means that they could pay people less because it's like it's forcing people back to work and um with food costs rising, we can't pass that cost on to our customers. We can just cut our staff's wages, but they need the money. So they're going to come to work anyways. And so like them living paycheck to paycheck is like the best thing for them. And um, what else did I see? It was some, I think it was like a smaller company and it was um, 
I want to say that someone from just a regular worker from inside the company had like posted what the new rules were for return to office. Like return to office was mandatory. They had said something about like, oh, if you have kids, get a babysitter, blah, blah, blah. Like you were going to, they were, you were coming into the office before you can make it work. But before they talked about that, they talked about like everyone was taking like a pay cut. I'm just like, how are you going to tell people oh, we'll pay for a babysitter, but you're giving them less money and say, oh, you were doing it before. Well, you were paying them before, so maybe they could pay for a babysitter before. And then whoever had posted the whatever email communications or whatever, however it had gone out, like in the tweet itself, they had said that the CEO or whoever from that company who had um, distributed that was on vacation mm-hmm. and that they were going to be in for a big surprise when they came back because like 50% of the staff or something, some astronomical number had already resigned based off of, you know, those stipulations. And so we're in another housing boom. And I read somewhere that this is not going to be like the early 2000s when the housing mar- when the housing bubble burst then and there were all these like super cheap houses and then everyone was able to get a house i i read somewhere that when this housing boom like when this one first it's not going to be the same and so it's it's getting harder to live in this country and so of course there's going to be an uptick in violence like and crime it's it's yeah they gotta be something we could do. Like I know, I know. I was mad the other day because I saw, and I hate saying anything bad about. We ain't even gonna say it's bad, but the thing that made me mad about, like, because I don't think it's just totally Biden, but just the government and how America set up was that they gave, they were sending another thirty billion dollars to Ukraine, but you mm-hmm. won't put those same thirty billion dollars into the to the infrastructure of some of these poor and run down communities in America and Flint still don't have clean water but you can send 30 billion over there to some other people but you won't take care of your own here and then you want people to stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance home of the brave Yankee Doodle all of that keep it that's how I feel <laughs> like it's just it's just wild like when they could be doing something so much better than sending money or whatever. I would tell everybody to pull up, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. So how about you take that same philosophy and principles and tell the people across the across the oceans to do the same thing? And then y'all keep telling us we don't have money, but y'all keep finding money to spend on wars and and all these other shit. But you sent thirty billion dollars. What I think it was another thirty billion dollars or thirteen billion. I want to say what I said. I forgot. I don't know now. 30 billion. I, th- I thought it was 30. <laughs> I think it was 30. I think that's the number I saw. That y'all sending over there to help them with the war, but you won't help your own people. Like that's that's to me, that's just crazy. To me, that's very crazy. much so. Like we can't get reparations, but, but y'all can pay to you know, bomb somebody, build their shit back for them, help them get a new government, let them run it over again, and then su- support another war effort by sending them 30 billion. Like to me, it's just crazy. To me, it's just crazy. I mean, but capitalism needs the haves and the have-nots in order to operate as capitalism is. So if they take that money and invest it to the people who need it, then how will capitalism work? How will racism work? Yeah, pretty much. But I was just imagining, like, what if you gave $1 billion to every major city? 
Oh, hell, what if you gave $1 million to every major metropolis area? So, like, let's say Atlanta, you would take care of maybe like a 30-mile radius, 60-mile radius maybe, and invest it. All of that. Speaking of that, did you see the project plans for Old National? What, they trying to tear down Camelot? Oh, what the hell? Oh my gosh! I have to oh, about, about about the airport and making it an international international something. It's like they're want they're supposed to redo like all of old national. Oh, I and of course you know it's. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I have to find it. I gotta see and that. I swear I saw it like today. I gotta see it to believe it, man. But I mean, it's like, and you know what? Before I left, I got on this random um, real estate email list. This real estate company who clearly buys and flips houses mm-hmm. in Atlanta and the metro areas, and you can tell it was it was straight gentrification. Mm-hmm. But they had some Zoom call or something that talked about. Um, like what was going to be the new big things, the new big trends in Atlanta. And they were like, anywhere where you see a large like shopping plaza that is abandoned, that has a large parking lot, had all this retail space, it's going to get bought up and it's going to become it, it, it's going to get revamped and it's going to become prime real estate. And I really thought about things on the South side. And, you know, they've been working on the Beltline for forever and the Beltline is supposed to go all the way down to the South side. And like the South side is the last part that they're completing. And so we knew it was happening. You're building the Beltline. You're continuing that into the, into the south side of course it's going to be gentrification but they were basically saying like anywhere where you see you know just old shopping complexes that would have that probably had like a supermarket in it that's now empty they're like they're just going to start buying all that stuff up and they're going to start to make you know like little eat play work live communities and then everywhere's just going to be another atlantic station yeah i can i can oh here we go town center at Mansa Park at the heart of a 2.5 billion South Fulton transformation. BBI development is moving forward with a 2.5 billion investment to reimagine the city of South Fulton, Georgia. The project along Old National Highway Corridor is designed to advance and strengthen the city's growing community and business district through the transformation of more than 94 acres into town center at Mansa Park. Phase one will focus on the enhancement of Tucker Memorial Park, including redesign all outdoor recreation areas and adding amenities. Improvements slated for phase one include new fences, installing all-season turf, adding football stadium and track, updating baseball and softball fields, and the rest is cut off. Well, let me see if I... I'm going to see if I can find the actual article, and then I'll send it to you. Okay. Because this was just a screenshot of it. But yeah, and then, you know, they'll say things like, oh, yes, of course, 
there's going to be a new park or there's going to be a new football stadium through your peewee football. And none of the none of that how none of the housing there is going to be affordable for the people who live on National Highway right now. Yeah, it's, I, it's not. I used to live out that way too. I used to stay on the street behind Old National, and um, yeah, I I just can't like those houses were nice. Those houses was like the typical suburban houses, three four bedroom, two level homes, you know, like the typical things, but like. I, I I don't know. And I could see why they would choose that because it's the airport. That's the first thing you see when you get out the airport, College Park. That's what you see. You know, so I can see why they would want to do that. But um, I don't know. To me, to me, to me, it's just a lot of stuff that I feel like they should have been done and they could have done a long time ago, but they didn't do it. But it's nice to see that they're trying to do it now, but like sometimes I feel like it's just a little too late. But is it ever really timely if you're doing it and going to push like it's not benefiting any of those people? Well, I guess it's nice to it's it's always nice to reinvest in a community and to to fix the potholes and to give like, yes, places people deserve to have recreation spaces. People deserve to have supermarkets like much of South Fulton many South Fulton neighborhoods are food deserts there there aren't supermarkets for miles in some of these neighborhoods but they're going to open all of these things where people can't afford the houses they can't afford to work at the supermarkets that they're going to feel like these people are not the people who they desire this is not the look of the person who they want at this supermarket so where are these people supposed to go? Yeah, I think I think they're gonna start pushing people further west, further south, for further east. So, you know, like College Park, I don't know if I ever told you, but it used to be like a predominantly white area until like the seventies. This was like right out the white flight. Like they left places like Edgewood, Kirkwood and moved to like that area. And then they decided to build the airport and expand. I want to say that was in the 80s. And I think that's when they started moving further and further out, like towards Noonan, towards Hampton and Stockbridge and stuff like that, Henry County. And I think that I think this is all just a play to get more of a certain type of people on the inner city and to bring a certain type of wealth and attraction, you know, like, you know, attractions to to the inner city I guess or closer to the city and push like the people who they don't necessarily want out and I think they're doing that because of crime I think they feel like they get the people who are poor and impoverished further and further away from the city less and less crimes might happen in the city and 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 to a degree I get what they're saying but like people still just gonna come they just gonna come like these people don't live in Buckhead half of them just come over there you know, right. they, they go where the money is at. But I, I get what they're doing, but I think it's just the wrong minds behind it. And they just thinking from a perspective that, like, they're not from some of these places. So they're just thinking, like, oh, well, if they're not here, they're not going to. No, that's not true. They're going to come regardless. So it's, it's it's sad to see. And, you know, speaking of that, like, I don't know if you saw, like, the Republican and Democratic uh, ballots for uh, Georgia. Mm-mm. I screenshot. I was going to put that on there, but I forgot to put it on there. I will go over that because I know it's about to start getting too late soon. So we got to get the insecure at some point. I know y'all waiting for that. 
Uh, I finally watched episode five. Uh, let's see what I took a screenshot of it. I just wanted to just kind of like show people what the ballots look like. Like some of like the special questions on there. They have on the Republican ballot it says Republican Party question. It's a sample. It says Biden administration has stopped building the border wall and and illegal. Wait, stop building the border wall and illegal border crossing have dramatically increased. Should Securing our border be a national priority has yes or no. That's the question they have on the Republican ballot. I'm a, I just want to show people the the stark differences and important things that are that are different per ballot. And of course, if you don't pick a Republican ballot, you might not see this unless you pick both. Um, it says education is the largest uh, line item in the state budget. Should education dollars follow the student to the school that best fits their needs, whether it's public, private, magnet, charter, virtual, or homeschool? I don't really know how to feel about that one, so I just kind of, I ain't think nothing of it. Um, it says Florida has passed a law to stop social media platforms for influencing political campaigns by considering, I mean, by censoring candidates. Um, should Georgia pass such a law to protect free speech and political campaigns? Number four says uh, two of the three current federal work visa programs are lottery based. Should federal work visas instead be issued on on job skill? I didn't really understand that one. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. And then, uh, <laughs> the the next one says this ain't funny, but this says biological males who identify as females have begun competing in female sports. <laughs> and it, it's funny, but it's not funny. But like the shit that they be concerned about be be crazy. It says, Thank you. Should schools in Georgia allow biological males to compete in female sports? Me personally, I would like to see the NBA and the WNBA merge. Me personally. And it'd be like a co ed type, all star game type thing. And I would like to see women play football. So I don't know. I think that's just kind of crazy. Number six says. To prevent ballot tampering, state law prohibits political operatives from handling absentee ballots once they have been marked by the voter. To protect the integrity of our elections, should the enforcement of laws against ballot tampering be be a priority? They they just really believe that that Biden stole the election. Like y'all weren't saying this when Trump won, but anyway. <laughs> Number seven says absentee uh, drop boxes are vulnerable to illegal ballot trafficking. Should absentee ballots uh, drop boxes be eliminated? Yes or no? And it says crime has dramatically increased throughout the county. I mean, throughout the country, including our capital city of Atlanta. Should citizens, should citizens of residential areas like Buckhead Community of Atlanta be allowed to vote to create their own city governments and police, police uh, departments? I thought that was just kind of crazy. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I, there's no other way. There's some things that you can't get through to certain people because they have what they're going to believe. But more policing is not the answer. It's never been the answer. It's redistributing of funds. It's giving people who actually need the resources the resources. It's not building parks for fucking yuppies who <laughs> now want to move from Buckhead to College Park. Like, that's not, that's not what it is. Like, that's not what it is. I don't know what it's it's not that they don't I don't think that there's anything that they don't fundamentally understand about it they just like their life how it is they like being the haves and so they have to keep other people as the have nots 
Yeah. It does seem like they got to have a balance if it's going to be, be one way, I guess. But it's not balanced. And then some like with just like like just with have like everybody can't be halves, everybody can't be have nots like with that. But it's not like a balanced proportion of halves and have nots. It's just like got it. it gotta be like a right, they gotta be a left. And that's how they want it, I guess. Oh my gosh. The... But check this out. It must be mm-hmm. like not it must be very leisurely to be able to worry about everyone else's X and Y chromosomes and uteruses mm-hmm. and fun and everything because you just have enough money and disposable income to get through life without with little to no issue. It must be fantastic. I can't imagine having enough money to live comfortably and thinking, you know what I should do? Fuck what other people shit. <laughs> like, I, I, I cannot imagine. I would be like I'd want to be with my... That's how I know these people have to be fucking miserable. If I would, had money to live comfortably, I'd be wanting to do all the fun shit in the world with my family. Like... Travel. That's my squad. Like, no matter what. Me and my cousins, we, what what we want to do today? Do we just want to go to City Island and buy all the lobsters on this island and just eat lobster all What's day City together? Is this is this uh, island off the coast of the Bronx? Oh. <laughs> it sounds so fucking stupid. Oh. <laughs> is this island in the Bronx? And it's known for having all these seafood places. And so it's like City it's wet, it's north. And um, yeah, like whenever we want to like celebrate something special, we always go to City Island. And yeah, like that's what I want to do. Like that's if I have free time because I don't have to worry about I don't have to be at work forty hours a week or I don't have to work a second job or I don't have to take care of kids because I have a nanny or I have someone to walk my dog. I would want to do like why can't you all just go be on the golf course and just be happy there? Like what? Yeah. I don't understand. Golf is fun. I like golf. So just go go <laughs> do that. Like I don't understand. Why they why they decide that they want to worry about everyone else instead of taking this money and just doing something with your family? But you hate them because you all are just miserable people. Your wife is a Karen and she just wants to call the cops on everybody. Like <laughs> she always wants to talk. No, she wants to talk to the manager. You want to call the cops, talk Jim? To the manager. Like you all, you all are just miserable people. I want to talk to the manager. That is crazy. Uh, <laughs> let me read the uh, the Democratic ballot just just so people can see like the difference. This is a sample. It says, "Should the United States remove obstacles to economic advancement by forgiving all student loan debt? Something that helps everybody, right? Come on, you you can agree to that." It says, "Should all Georgians have access to paid parental leave following the birth of a child or the adoption of a child? Simple stuff that benefits everybody." So far. Um, the third thing says, should every three and four year old in Georgia be given the opportunity to attend a high quality preschool free of charge? Yeah, why not? And it says, number four, should Georgia voters have the right to gain signed petition to gather signed petitions to directly place questions on the ballot, whether to change the law or poll the public? 
And it says, should families earning less than $500,000 a year receive an expanded income tax credit to help cover costs of raising children? Stuff that benefits people who need it. Everything else is basically, on the Republican side so far, it has been getting other people's business. <laughs> That's what it is. Not minding your own business, making somebody else's life miserable. So let me read number six. It says, should the state of Georgia expand access to health care to cover over half a million Georgians by utilizing federal funds to expand Medicaid? So far, nothing. I don't see anything that's that's negative here. Uh, should the state of Georgia expand voter access by increasing early voting opportunities, allowing same-day voter registration, removing obstacles to voting by mail, and installing secure ballot drop boxes accessible at all times through Election Day? Okay, you know, that's the only one that kind of I can see how that's politically charged. But I think theirs is a better option than what the what the other side was op- offering. It says, should marijuana be legalized, taxed, and regulated in the same manner as alcohol for adults 21 years of age or older with proceeds going towards education, infrastructure, health care programs? So far, I don't see anything that, that's hurting anybody here. Um, should Correct. The, <laughs> should the state of Georgia incentivize, develop... Uh, the development of clean renewable energy sources to support American energy independence. That's probably my favorite one on here by far. Number nine. And I think that's it. Repeat it. Um, should the state of Georgia incentivize the development of clean renewable energy sources to support America's energy independence? Yes. I'm all for that. That's that's probably my favorite one so far. That and the student loan and probably like the, the kids being able to go to whatever school they want to go to. As a pre-K, what was the what was the um oh my gosh what was the annual household income was it annual household income on number five? It said should should families earning less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year receive an exp- a, a expanded tax credit to help cover the cost of raising children? I think that's a good one too. No, it's, I was I was like for some reason I thought you said five hundred thousand. I was like, who the hell is making five? <laughs> that is not even that's well above the than the one percent. Like, yeah, for Georgia. So, but yeah, like I don't know why people. Think, oh my gosh, I remember I saw some post somewhere. Some woman did statistics. I don't know what her process was. How much money you need to make annually to be happy in all of the fifty states? And first off, I'm gonna say it's wrong because Atlanta, Georgia, sorry, Georgia was very low. And I was like, again, I think that a lot of us forget that Atlanta is Atlanta, and if you drive fifty miles anyway, and you get into the country, and it's a different way of life. But there are still other large cities in Georgia as a whole. But Georgia was very, very low on the. It was on the lower. It wasn't even a six-figure income to be happy there. And I was like, "That's crazy." I don't. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. Like, yes, do people make do? Of course they do. But the type of happiness, I have to see if I can find that post. But I was like, Mm-mm, I don't agree with this. I would like to see that too. That sounds interesting, just to see. Um, I did see something where they was showing like the the average income needed to survive in some of the largest um, metropolis areas in I think top thirty um, in America like a couple weeks ago. I thought that was pretty interesting too. Georgia was I mean Atlanta was like six. I was like that's crazy. 
because it's nowhere near as big as some of them other cities. But it's crazy. yeah. And then, but I will say, I think Texas was above, was above Georgia, which mm, Texas been, Texas has its moments. Because one sec, one second you see everyone posting about how you can buy a seven family, a seven bedroom, five bathroom home in Dallas for two hundred fifty k, but then you have people who are saying that like. Prices are are climbing in Dallas and Houston. Austin has had a huge tech boom with uh why can't I think of who's there? IBM. Is it IBM? Tesla. Tesla's oh Tesla, yet yeah, he got the new warehouse out there. Mega factory. And um and yeah, and then yeah, you have all these places. So I, so when I saw Texas was above Georgia, I was like, mm, okay, I can, I can see that. But surprisingly, I think both the Carolinas were above Georgia, and I was like, wait a minute. I know that they're saying that like Charlotte is supposed to be becoming like the new Atlanta, but I'm like, again, yeah. becoming like it's not there. So I was like, what? What is going on in these places? Like, I need to, <laughs> I need to hop on Amtrak or board my dog and travel to some of these places and figure out what is going on in these cities. Why they're above Georgia? Because Atlanta is not cheap. It's, it's not. And what I was laughing at because you said Charlotte and you said you need to figure out what's going on but I was about to say Charlotte is white Atlanta. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but but yeah, man. But I think it's I think it's something going on in, in, in the world. I just don't know exactly what just yet, but we getting there. We getting there. And I know it's getting late, so we gotta we gotta make it to our debut. Not our debut, but the the thing. Well, the second thing I think people have been clamoring for. <laughs> Let me check out my other phone. Uh, season 5, episode 5 of Insecure. I liked it. I liked it. It was it was a cool episode. It did have me thinking a little bit because, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Hopefully you guys seen it and not late like me. Um, but Molly's mom was in the hospital. It looked like she was having a stroke. Um, at least that's what they kept saying. And it just kind of got me to think because, like, yesterday was the my, – my grandma died May 10th of 2018, so it's been four years yesterday. So it just had me thinking about death and, you know, losing the people and making sure you tell the people that you love. So I watched the episode a little bit different. And I was just kind of, like, relating to Molly and just kind of, you know, like seeing her go to the hospital, watching her mom, what could potentially be her last moments. You know, and that's kind of how it was with my grandma. And unfortunately, when we left the hospital that that Friday, she died. Like by the time we got home, she was dead. And I didn't I didn't find out until that morning. One of my cousins seemed like, oh, "It's hard for your loss, man." I was like, I was like, "Oh shit!" And then like maybe ten minutes later, my mom called me and told me. I was like, "Man, my cousin told me before my mom got a chance to." It was just pretty rough. So I was just I immediately went to that because that's what that's what yesterday was. So. I had been thinking about that and, you know, just differently. That's why the Nipsey song, that's why I said it's going to kind of segue into it, but we kind of segue to something else, too, which which is fine. But, like, that's why the whole Nipsey thing kind of, you know, 
like stuck out to me when when, when Kendrick was rapping about Nip saying that like, I ain't got to be here in the flesh to hug you. You know, it just it just got me to thinking. But I did like seeing Issa and Nathan looking happy. I did like seeing that, and I, I want to say she slipped up and told him that she loved him. Technically, yeah. Yeah, I ain't know if she was saying like, see, this is why I love tacos. You know, like, you know, I ain't know if she was saying it like that or was she trying to say it another way? Because he was just like, uh, he's like, Issa, uh, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was like, uh, yeah, just let me know. Uh, I got you. <laughs> But when he was dropping her off to get a mod, oh, it was something in there that was so damn hilarious. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, when they changed clothes, and she was like, girl, you look good. She's like, you look good, too. And she gave it a look on that dusty-ass outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. I died laughing No, when she comes out the hospital, and she was like, you look like a model. Oh, yeah. The woman was like, oh, she's hot. And I was like, why you she did look like a model. Issa looked good in that dress. And she Molly looked good in that dress. She did. And then she was just like, yep, yep. <laughs> yep Haters. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of funny. She's I don't mind her. But I do think it was a good episode. I like to see that her and and Nathan are making some some progress. Cause I, but I'm also got this feeling like, man, Nathan going to do something. He's going to like leave her hands right and scaring me a little bit. Don't tell me. Uh but I, and I did, I did kind of like when I got to the end, I kind of was like, "Oh shit, they go Lawrence!" Like I saw that baby, <laughs> and then she was like, uh, "Eli," and I was just like, "Oh, Eli, Eli!" I was like, "Oh," and I was like, "They go Lawrence," and I was like, "That part kind of." I can only, I can only imagine how she was feeling at that point, and him too. But I, I do like the episode overall. But I, I, I am happy to see Issa and Nathan like looking like they, they're making some progress. I, it was good to see them help each other out, and yeah. to, even though it was a very serious situation, because again, she's Molly's already in the hospital dealing with serious health problems with her mother, and now you potentially lost this woman's dog. Yeah, that so was funny too. <laughs> it was good to see them, even though it was a stressful situation, that they didn't like turn on one another. Like they were still able to be lighthearted. Nathan had the suggestion and you know his little anecdotal story about like oh well, this happened with me and my dog he might know his walking route let's just go back to Molly's apartment and you know she trusted him in that and you know they were able to get through this without like seriously blaming one another you know she had joked about she was gonna blame him and stuff like that but they really they made it through and it was good to see them work through a difficult problem really well with one another and it was really good to see Issa just be a good friend to Molly because Molly was trying to be there for everyone in her family and you know when you try and do that you know people always say you can't pour from an empty cup like at some point Molly had to be cold because hospitals are freezing and so but she was probably just so like wound up in everything that she was doing for everyone else that, yeah, she wasn't thinking, like, oh, Issa's here. She might be able to bring me clothes. So Issa being there for her and giving her suggestions on what she can do for her, um, was it was really good to see their friendship just on track like that and just seeing her be a real friend to her. Um, when, who was not, 
Aunt Kiki was the one who was there. But then oh, the other yeah, aunt was yeah, on the yeah, phone yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah. can we pray? Can she put us on speaker phone so we can pray? Yeah. She was like, can, can you just text it? No, she don't. Right. She said, like, can you text it? I was like, oh, what? I was like, yeah, that was pretty wild. But you you can kind of see Molly like starting to like lose it a little bit, and I think that's I think it's why it's, I think this episode is kind of are you okay? Something like that. Yeah, like let me look. Because even when her job calls her, oh yeah, and that she... was good. Hello. Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Even when her job when Thorian calls her. And he's talking about this presentation, and you can, you can tell that she doesn't want to say what's going on, yeah. and she's still she's still just trying to be there for everybody, even though that, you know, I can understand wanting to be there for your family, but it's like, girl, let that job go, like let someone else do it. But I know the feeling of giving someone else something that you've been working on or feeling like, oh, yes, I took this on, but now I can't do it. No matter what the reason is that you can't do it, you feel like there might be some type of guilt or they might look at you as unreliable if you say you can't do it, especially if you don't say the reason. But I don't think it's her job business that this is going on with her mother. Like, if it's personal stuff, it's personal stuff. So it's definitely between a rock and a hard place, but... I am afraid that Molly's going to burn herself out trying to burn the candle at both ends to satisfy everyone when, you know, this definitely her mother's health and um, time with her family is what is paramount. Yeah. Oh, and the title of the episode is Surviving Okay. And that's exactly what it seems like she's doing. But I, it did yeah. make me think back to remember when I sent you the picture of the guy said you needed what what was his name the the guy that made the 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 Jesus Churchy song I can't, oh, Walter oh my gosh oh my gosh I can't remember I'm so upset Herbert is it Herbert Herbert that's <laughs> what it was and she okay. was trying to help them get they get they you know get they you know they their affairs in order like their you know their finances and, and they still haven't done it and i guess she was preparing them for a day like this and now now she just seemed like she's extra stressed because they i don't think from what it looks like they still haven't done it so i, yeah. I could i could understand like how she was feeling and i, and I kind of felt that was my first time actually feeling bad for my because i always thought molly was a jerk <laughs> to begin with but like now you get to see like a human side of her like she she's struggling she's trying to maintain she done cut all the hair off for one and now she first, you know, she can't date anybody. Now her family's going through this. She shot. She got all the stuff going on at work. She can't tell them. The guy, I forgot. You said his name was Darian. Darian, yeah. Yeah, he um, he he almost like I know what previously I thought he had it out for, and like maybe now he's trying to look and see if a way that he can kind of trip her up. But he also kind of seemed concerned for it or a little bit, even though he don't know. But. Cause it seems like they their 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 relationship has progressed a little bit, like where they may be on good terms and he not after it. But he did to me. It kind of seemed like he was just like kind of kind of hoping that she would say what's going on, but she mm-hmm. didn't. So, but I think she just got a lot on her plate. But it is good that Issa was there to provide her with that, and then she said, "I'm gonna always have you in my my pocket." That what she said, or in my corner. She said something I, like that. Yeah. But. Just alluding to her, like always being friends and being there for. Her. 
So it just kind of was happy yeah. to see that. But I, I know when, when the doctor came in and said that, hey, you might want to, whatever uh, goodbyes you got to say now, go say it now. She's like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, this really not, and it was the wrong lady. Like that, like, my heart was Look, and her dad was so upset. He was like, does this look like this is my part? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the lady to me, she didn't look that old. So where, but I was just like, but I can't even imagine like what something like that would even feel like. And it's wild because the other day I was watching Fatal Attraction on TV One mm-hmm. and it was a girl and uh, her sister got killed. She was, they initially thought it was a gunshot wound to the head. They later found out that she was bludgeoned at the home. She was in a thruple with this guy and this girl and she wanted to leave the throuple. She was like, I- I'm not trying to be in a relationship with you two no more. The guy got upset, beat her up, like bludgeoned her, like beat her with a bunch of household objects. She went unconscious. They went to sleep for the night. He woke up in the morning trying to wake her up and she was unresponsive. They drove her to um, a very busy corner in Queen in Jamaica Queens and it was on it was Jamaica Ave and something I think they said it's a true story and yeah oh. and dropped her off and um then or sorry that's the story that they told but they actually dropped her to the hospital and the other woman in the thruple and some random guy who they found in the parking lot of the hospital carried her in and then they told them that they told the hospital and initially the cops the story that they found her on the corner and brought her in and so they brought in her sister um to identify the body and the sister was like that is not like she really thought that it was not her sister like she was her face was just that bad and so i can't imagine like going through anything like that like someone tells you you know you have to say your goodbyes or this happened to your family member and then it's it's not them or you even have to go through a period where it's like I don't think it's them and then it comes you come to the realization that it is them I can't imagine what that roller coaster of emotions would be yeah horrible 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 I can tell you that like just just imagine or just like I know like when I when I found out my grandma was dead, it was just like I felt like it was kind of like they was just kind of I was just kind of sitting there like oh shit like like I, I didn't want to believe it I didn't want to you know like it's it's just when it when it finally hit you because I I think I got woke up at like five thirty in the morning six o'clock and I didn't have to get up to like seven seven thirty mm-hmm. so I was already like what and I was like oh man because I had went to sleep and I was like all right. Went to sleep like nine because I was tired. I had got there from work. I had to go all the way to Cobb County, and um, she did. And I woke up and then they was just like, "Yeah, she gone, man." But I, I think she waited for us all to get there to to see everybody. And I think she was just like, "All right, I can go." At least, that, at least that's what I tell myself. That's real, and I really do. Go ahead. But I, I remember thinking like, "This, this is it." Like I was looking at her bag, like with a urine on. I was like, "That urine looked like coke." I was like, "There's not a lot in." It. I was like, "Man, this might be it." And you mm. know, like I just, you know, I was hoping, but she, I don't think she would have ever been the same anyway after that. So maybe she was just waiting for us to get there. So 
It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. It was bad when I when I when it first happened though. I know sometimes like I just sit there and I think about it because like we all gotta go one day and it's just you know it make you think about stuff you gotta say to people apologies you gotta do. You know, let people know. Like, I know some stuff that, you know, me and my mom need to work on. Like, I, I want to say that. She don't know I want to say it, but it's stuff I want to say. You know, you know, you know, you got your siblings. You may not have been the best brother, little sister, or whatever it is. You know, like, it just make you think about these things and, you know, just what. Like, you know, because any day now, it can be it can be anything. You just never know. It just make, yeah. you, just make you want to, like, get things right before you go. Because they'll never know once you go, unless you got a secret stash or something somewhere. Right. And it's like, for me, like when my grandparents died, I feel like it was the opposite for like most of them. Like when my mom's mom passed, it was like, it was Mother's Day and we had come back from church and my mom, because this is back when she was working overnight, so she didn't go go to church with us. This was a long time ago. I had gone in her, I we got back from church and I went into my parents' room to, you know, tell her hi, happy Mother's Day. And she was just on the bed crying. And it was like, I instantly knew. I was like, Grandma died. Like, I, I just knew yeah. she didn't say anything to me. And then when her father passed away, it was, um, I was supposed to go to, me and my sister was supposed to go to school. I woke up and I saw that, like, it was light outside and birds was chirping. And I was like, grandpa passed like i automatically knew because i was like they didn't wake us up to go to school grandpa passed that's it like i automatically knew and then my dad's dad um for him i feel like he he waited for us because um he was in new york he was in the hospital um my aunt called let us speak to him he wasn't he he was unresponsive like he couldn't speak back to us or anything but my aunts were like he's blinking he's smiling like he hears you all but, i mean he was 100 years old he has really? a yes he has a letter from the queen of england because the country they're from was a british colony for a long time so when he turned 100 he got a letter from the queen of england um this man lived a full life like so that one it was like we knew it was coming and it was it was like okay and so after he they were like he spoke to us we had some other i had some other cousins who were in atlanta had a cousin who was in texas like once those phone calls were made mm-hmm. he passed away and it was like yeah he just he waited on us like he it had been a hundred years like he had a lot going on so he waited a couple more hours and then he just left us and we like, okay, so I, I really honestly do believe that people, that, 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 that is really a thing. Like mm-hmm. people who are leaving us, they, they'll, they'll wait for people to, to say their goodbyes, to have their last moments. That is, that's pretty crazy. I thought I was going to be boohooing when I talked about it, but I'm glad I did all right. Because <laughs> it it do just make you think, man. Then you know, like all like listening to Kendrick and all this, it just kind of make you just feel away. It's a lot be going on. Like I said, it's yesterday was the day, and then you know, seeing this yeah. whole Molly thing, which was, was a little rough. So you know, like I knew this was coming, but you know, but and even if you did, that's all right. Yeah. What 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 other takeaways can we take away from uh? 
I think like to me, I just think the biggest thing is to for me was was Nathan and um and Issa. I, I I'm really happy to see them looking happy and 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 doing whatever they're doing. And then he got on the phone and told her mama that was his boy. Her he was her boyfriend, and you know that was pretty cool. I do think that at the end, even though Issa slipped up, and it wasn't you know most people when you go when you have the I love you conversation, it's just like a I love you. You know, saying that's why I love you makes it a little different, but it was still, you could tell it's not something that Issa was intending to say to him. But in contrast to what Molly is going through, it's like, maybe you just have to say it because you literally just never know. Mm -hmm. Because the beginning of the episode, everything was, you know, Molly didn't think that anything was going on with her mom. The beginning of the episode, Molly had a healthy mother and a dog sitting in her apartment waiting for her to come home. And she had a nice ride, too. Right. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're ending, by the middle of the episode, Molly's mom is unconscious in the hospital, and her dog has ran away. And it's like, what was the last conversation? The brother, when he was like, I told her her macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah, that was better. funny. And then too. he was that like, was it was the right amount of paprika. I was like, yeah. you, it, this is, you really might have to say things. So as, as embarrassed and upset as Issa might be because Nathan didn't say it back and she didn't mean to say that, sometimes it, it's really just you have to get it out. And it you just have to tell people how you feel because you never know what will be there the next day. And I feel that, you know, sometimes we... We do have a lot of attachment to wanting our feelings to be requited, but it doesn't always it doesn't always happen, and it's much easier said than done. It doesn't always happen that way, and I do think that sometimes we have to detach ourselves from expecting that response back and just being happy in knowing that you love someone, you have good intentions in your heart, and you are willing to share that with them even if they don't say it back, even if they don't show it back. If they don't show it back, then, you know, you've been a good person. Maybe it's time for you to close that chapter and move on with your journey. But there, you shouldn't feel bad for being honest and candid with how you feel about people because people are built for relationships. As much as I hate saying it because, yeah, Sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> like, leave me alone. People are really built for relationships and people do need to feel that love and appreciation that we saw in multiple ways between different people in this episode. And so I do think that this episode touched on just like relationships that we need just as humans. Oh, yeah. And speaking of that, Another thing that stood out was was the the hospital scene at the end where where they saw each other. Like like I said, I can only imagine what she was feeling. But to me, I don't think she's completely over uh, Lawrence. Just from her reaction. And it's and it's one of those things where it's like, L.A. is her city, so there's a small sliver. You know, Lawrence comes and he knows that's where Issa lives. Even though you're probably not thinking you're going to run into Issa at the hospital, because why would Issa be at the hospital? But there's 
always this, you know, there's, if for Lawrence, I'm pretty sure there's this small thing in the back of his head, like, I might run into Issa. But then on Issa's end, Issa's like, this man lives in San Francisco now. Um, you know, he, he did, he didn't want to be in a relationship with Kendola. He and I were in a relationship. So I, it's just shocking. Like, yeah, I can't imagine that happening. <laughs> like, of all places, of all times to run into him. Yeah, I was wondering when they were going to run back into each other, but I definitely didn't see it happening in this episode. Just not based off the episodes prior to this. I didn't see that. I'm thinking maybe at the end, maybe like episode seven or eight. But who knows? Who knows, man? I think it's I think it's crazy. But I think both of them were just kind of stunned and shocked. You could see it on Lawrence's face. He looked like he saw a damn ghost. They both did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think that's I think that was a good takeaway though. And I think I think I'm gonna just have to stay tuned and see what happens next and um and just see. Um what I did want to talk about, I kinda wanna to get to a little earlier too, because I know we gotta go soon. Um you said you pulled you, you one of the topics you had was how do you select your personal service providers, barber, hairstylist, nail tech, etc. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I only get my hair braided, so I think things I look for somebody who isn't like the word, the term heavy-handed that ain't gonna like break my hair too damn tight and break it off. Um, and somebody who actually like takes care and like that can can accommodate me. I know in the past, like the people who would braid my hair, they would like come to me, which is cool. They was kind of mobile, and I'd probably pay them a little extra for you know for their troubles and stuff like that. Or I can go like to the house. I hate having to go to like a salon and being there with everybody. And they see me with my little crusty stage. I, I don't want people to see that. You know, so I prefer somebody where I can go, like, sit down at your house or you can come to me type of thing. It ain't got to worry about being around people I don't want to be around. Ain't got, you know, I ain't got to deal with none of that. Um, but I think that's the only thing I get done. I don't, I don't go to, I don't do too much else. But for me, as a, as a guy with, with hair, that's what I would look for for something for me. And, and maybe the price and where you where you located. Okay. Well, we, it's been a struggle for me moving. I can, I can understand. <laughs> and I will say I am very, very happy with the girl who does my hair. Um, When it comes to hair in Black women, so she told me like this story. So before I saw her, not this last time, but the time, because I saw her yesterday, the time before that, Right before that appointment, she had sent out an email to all of us saying that we now had to sign, like, an agreement to be her client. And she was like, I'm not going to be disrespected. And I was like, girl, what the hell happened? Because she's so nice. So I can't imagine anyone, like, talking to her crazy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you look on the internet, you see a lot of, you see a lot of home stylists and I have nothing against home stylists. Get your money how you get your money. But I do think that there's risks involved in that. And that's why that's not really what I select to do. And one of the big things, like the, 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 the large amount of rules that a lot of these Instagram and kitchen stylists come with these days yeah. and things like you have to come with your hair. The big one for me is coming with your hair washed 
I'm like, excuse me, miss. This part of the service. The only time that I've come with my hair washed was when I was getting box braids. Went to my regular, regular stylist. She washed and blow dried my hair. And then the next morning I went to the Africans for them to braid my hair. That is the only time. I know for some color services, you should come with your hair washed. But I'm just like, why would you not wash? Like, because every time I got my hair dyed back in Atlanta, she, my hairstylist, still washed my hair, then dyed it. So I just, I don't understand. And then part of the washing process is to make sure that you don't have any type of scalp conditions. And then, they, so, you know, they have to look at your scalp and see, you know, to see if your scalp is okay to be doing these things. And so my, my stylist back in Atlanta was saying it's because, you know, some of these girls aren't licensed, they're not trained, so they don't know these things. And I'm like, again, if you're okay with that, that's fine. But I know that's not where I'm going to spend my money because mm-hmm. my hair, getting your hair done is not cheap. And we, black women and their hair is a special relationship. So that's not something I'm going to risk to deal with someone who might be a little cheaper. But then again, they have all these rules and you have to deposit this and no kids here. I mean, I don't have any kids to be bringing to an appointment. <laughs> and it's also nice to know that someone else's kids won't be running around. But, you know, you hear all these stories about there's a late fee, but then she's two hours late and all this other stuff. And I'm like, how is there a late fee? But you are two hours behind. Like, stuff like that is insane. So I've been blessed to have been able to pick good service providers. But looking for someone who's, like, invested in what you actually, what you're looking for. So... Like when I had first met my stylist in Atlanta, I was transitioning from always heat styling my hair. I had stopped relaxing my hair when I got to college, but I would still heat style it all the time. So it was just like, it was like burned straight. It was just heat damage. So then I wanted to transition out of using heat all the time and learning how to deal with my natural curls, but I didn't want to just chop all my hair off because listeners, my head is huge. I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> I cannot have short hair. I re- I cannot. My head is huge. I will not do a molly. I am far too chicken. Yeah, and so I just, I wanted, so I wanted someone to help me do that transition. And she helped me through that. And then we, her specialization was color, but then we were coloring my hair. And then I got to a point where I felt my hair was getting stagnant. Like it's not that my hair wasn't growing. It wasn't retaining length. And so I was like, what are, and I was like, you know, girls always braid their natural hair up and get sew-ins to let their own hair breathe. Like, Mm -hmm. why can't, like, why can't I start getting sew-ins? And she was like, you have so much hair and your hair's thick to braid all that up. That'd be so hard. And I was like, I see a lot of girls with long hair. getting So I don't know, something just wasn't sitting right with me. And then I was like, well, what about a wig? And she was like, oh, a wig that's going to, um, that's going to rip out your edges, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, "Mm." again, I see a lot of women with very healthy hair utilizing wigs to protect their natural hair. They just braid their natural hair up underneath and then Mm -hmm. put the wig on. But again, I've never done these things. So I didn't know all the different type of wigs that that are out there. There are glueless wigs. There are headband wigs. There are wigs with bangs, so you can't see your hairline anyway. So you don't have to glue anything down because there's a bang that's covering your forehead anyways. But she just wouldn't 
she was just so much that these things were damaging. But it's like color damages your hair too, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, if the wrong person colors, colors it. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But once you color it, even though you've colored it right, because that's you're good at color, you realize that I still have to go home and take care and maintain my own hair. I'm washing my hair more than you're washing my hair. So if I'm not upkeeping my routine well, then I'm still going to mess up my hair because my hair is still already susceptible to more damage because it's colored. So when I moved, um, the girl who I found, she we did a FaceTime consult before I moved and we discussed wigs and she just she seemed very knowledgeable and she seemed like she was she outright said she does not color her client's hair because she doesn't she believes in healthy hair and she knows that damage that color damages it she says if there's a client who really wants their hair colored she will refer them out to someone else she has no problem with losing that business because that's not what she's here for she wants her clients to have healthy hair mm-hmm. and when i met her she was again very knowledgeable she did my hair very well um and it was just upsetting because i really thought about it because when we we had multiple discussions about wigs and she thought that i wanted a wig to glue down and i was like girl no this is like my very first wig i'm not trying to get anything incredibly fancy i'm trying to get one that i can take on and take off every day we can talk about wigs glued down later on and she was like oh and she then she thought i was looking for like a certain hair texture and i was like no i'm looking for the first thing that you can put on my head because it's hot as hell out here and i have too much damn hair to be dealing with it and so we just had to go back and forth and have discussions with one another and she was really invested in what i wanted and when she did think that i wanted a glued down wig she was like I can't do that, but I know this girl on Instagram. Here's her name. She had no problem referring me to somebody else. She was like, I can still wash you and braid your hair down, and then you can just, she can glue you down. And I was like, that's when we had the discussion. I was like, girl, I'm not trying to glue nothing down. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was refreshing that she really was invested in what I wanted to do, even if that meant that my money was going someplace else. Mm -hmm. And my old stylist wasn't like that. I feel like my old stylist, she was like, if she starts getting wigs, if she starts getting sew-ins, she's no longer going to be my client. But the thing is, she can braid hair. So she still could have braided me down. And again, I didn't want a, I didn't want a glued down wig. So she could braid my hair down and we just slapped the wig on. She doesn't have to glue anything. So I was still like, if we would have had the discussion instead of you just shutting me down about it and telling me that it's damaging, even though that you color my hair and that's damaging too, we could have came to a consensus that you can still be my stylist. So looking for someone who's like, it's it's a win-win situation for the both of us. I pay you money, but (laughs) I'm paying you money to get the actual results that I want. And we figure out how to, because then my old stylist, she was like, oh, well, if you want to retain length, so we can stop using heat. And it was before the pandemic I was supposed to start going to her, I think, every other week and getting my hair flat twisted. And then I would leave the flat twist in for like a week and then I'd untwist them and then have my hair untwisted for a week and then go back and we'd start to cycle over again to keep heat off my hair. And yeah, to help retain length. And it was like, while it's 
a viable option. I don't like what my hair looks like flat twisted. I do not want to look like Queen Latifah on set at all. <laughs> I don't want to walk around like that for a week. That's why I'm like, no, I want a wig because while yes, I want to retain length, I want to look a certain way aesthetically. What are what's not clicking? And I just really feel like she didn't listen to me. And then I just the fact so you don't get pedicures? No. (laughs) (laughs) I want men to feel comfortable doing those things. And there's like, there's this barbershop that is next to my vet clinic. And it's a, it's a barbershop. And on the outside, it says, um, I think it says facials, pedicures. And I was like, look at, this it's in and i think that that's something that helps make it more comfortable that you that you're doing it in a man's space that it's in a barbershop you're not going to your traditional nail shop to do it where you're filled where you know there's mostly women because you know there's a lot you remember when there was like the all the videos of like the dominican barbershops and they were Mm -hmm. waxing each other and using the little black face mask and all that other stuff and so it's like I don't think it's that men don't want to do these things, but I feel like they need a safe space for it. But another thing about all those videos, so many of them, you can tell that those men aren't like actual estheticians. I, I saw some videos like that were horrific, like waxing videos where they're not wearing gloves. That black peel off face mask is actually terrible for your skin. No real esthetician mm-hmm. should be putting that on your skin. And so I, I really want men to, I want there to be spaces for men where they can feel comfortable doing these self-care things for themselves with professionals. And then be discerning about who you pick because there are horror stories. They're um, one of the big ones that I think for women, um, waxers, mm-hmm. when getting waxed, your waxer should either automatically take out wax from her big wealth melting wax pot and put wax just for you in a cup and that's where she gets her wax from for the entire session or she uses a new stick every time she dips into the wax and she disposes of the old stick because if she's not doing that then that means everybody's Kitty cat germs. Or wherever else she has been waxing for the day. So yeah, like I and so like again, the people who are waxing and touching people's faces and they don't have gloves on, like stuff like that, I feel like those are the little things that people should be looking for when looking for service providers. And I, I can admit that I don't want to say I'm picky. I just, when you're giving money to someone to provide a service somewhere on your body, I think you want it to be right. So yeah, like I just won't go for anything. And so with stuff like that, I've had issues. I've gone to three nail shots since moving Mm-hmm. The third one that I've been to, she's been the best thus far, but we still got some work to do to the point, I don't know, I'm like going back and forth between trying to find someone else. Like, I've had nails coming off, which I never used to have happen in Atlanta. And she was, was super nice was about it. She was flying fab here, huh? 
<laughs> now you out there in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with no resources. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, well, you know, if any, she was like, you know, well, if it comes off and if you glue it, if you try and glue it back down, you might get a fungus on your nail, which I 100% know is true. And so the fact that she shared that information, again, that's one of the reasons why I liked her. She's knowledgeable and she shared that information with me. So she knows what she's talking about. And she was like, you can always come back. Because a lot of nail shops only have like a one week guarantee. She was like, no, if any of your nails ever come off, you can you can come back and I'll and I'll do it. But I live north. She's all the way south. Mm-hmm. I don't mind driving for good service, but I'm not doing it multiple times. I used to drive to uh my old nail tech was the outskirts of Brookhaven. Well, no, she was in Brookhaven, the outskirts of Buckhead. And, you know, I would go to her, get my nails done once a month. I was good. I don't want to get my nails done and then have to drive back down there two weeks later to get it fixed. It's very nice that you'll fix it for free, but can we just get it right the first time, please? Because, like, right now I'm missing two nails, and (laughs) other nails are lifting. All of my rhinestones have come off. Yes, like, I look crazy. (laughs) And I'm just like, and usually I wouldn't care, but a friend of mine from Atlanta is coming here tomorrow. And so she's going to want to go out. And so I was like, well, now I'm just going to have to glue these down. The same thing I know I'm not supposed to do, but I am going to glue these two nails back on when I go out because I can't, I cannot go all the way south for her to fix my nails. And I don't even know if she has the availability. That and you know what? That's what I, I have put band aid. I'm good for putting tape and band aid, or even the little, the little finger, the single finger gloves. I'll uh, put those on my nails if I feel crazy. them lifting, and I have to like do something. Even if I'm just like getting in the shower to bathe, so this way they don't get wet and they don't lift more. I will put those. I took a bunch of those little finger, single finger gloves from my job, and I will put them on in the shower. But I'm like, I shouldn't have to go through this. So. There's a part of me that is thinking about looking for someone else. But my problem, so again, this might be the I'm particular thing. The type of nail extensions I get, they're a newer type of extension. So everyone doesn't know how to do them. Um, Well, everyone doesn't. So everyone does not do them. Everyone does not stop these nail extensions. But then also, there's like an art to putting them on. It's not just you slap them on. And you're good to go, which I've seen going to multiple nail shops and having my nails lift off. You have to be skilled in actually putting them on. And then I also like very detailed nail art. I'm not talking about slap a sticker on my nail like I'm a five-year-old. Like, no, I need you to draw some shit on here. So then I need someone. I'm I what I see is the nail extensions that I get, a lot of people do those out of their house. Again, I don't care. If you do good work, you do good work. But a lot of people who do nails out their house don't do pedicures. And I'm like, no, I have to be able to get my nails and my feet done at the exact same place. <laughs> Ain't nothing so it's been a struggle. But yeah, I just have, I just know what I'm looking for in I just can't find it. And like threading my eyebrows is another thing. I feel like threading eyebrows was a really big craze 
a couple years ago and then it died down. People went back to waxing them. I really like threading. There's maybe like three people in this city and the metro area who thread eyebrows. And I'm just like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, I don't want you all putting wax on my face. But, yeah. Well, like women got to go through a lot. Men, I, I guess, well, since I, I don't really you know, do much things. I guess I don't really know about I feel like guys do some of the same thing. Man, he ain't get my line right. I got to go to a line. They got these special clippers and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. I guess I guess, I guess, guess we'll probably have to do a survey. I'll probably talk to some guys and see what they think. And we can probably revisit this, too. And, um. Please. Like, I'm, I'm open to, like, you know, probably getting my feet. But I'm just ticklish. Like I'm, I'm ticklish. I don't like people touching my feet at all. Like I might kick you on accident. It's like a reflex, but I'm open to it. But I just, I guess I never really just thought about going either. Like until I got older, like maybe the last year or two, I'm like maybe I should go. So, well, who should go? Who should go? Who should go? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm ticklish. But you know, I guess I guess guys do need to take care of ourselves too, because we, you know, everybody make you feel bad for trying to like take care of yourself. But I, I also think that was just a toxic way for women to 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 keep you in your place and not let you get too ahead of yourself, and you know, try not to get too cute on them. I think that's what I think it is. <laughs> like, are you gonna go Look do that? Yeah, you gay or something? You know, like stuff like that. Oh, that brings me to another point. Because back then, you know, everybody was saying everything was gay. Everything was retarded. But um, I was mm-hmm. thinking today, I don't even know why why I thought about it. But I was thinking about And it might have been because I don't have had something to do with that whole men playing women's sports or something we talked mm-hmm. about last podcast. But I know growing up, I used to always feel, well, maybe I say for another podcast. I say for another podcast because I know we got to go. Um, okay. Yeah, I say. I, I remember it, though. But I, I'm, I'm going to actually say here, but I remember I have to tell I'm gonna have to tell you my story about why I felt this way about a certain type of people, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna get to that next episode. Um, okay. Let's see. I got some cool topics from that episode too. We gonna get there. We gonna get to yeah. We gonna get there, Issa. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Uh, I guess I guess I'll let you get some get some shut eye because I gotta get some too. Baby probably getting ready to wake up. Um, mm-hmm. what I want to say. Uh, what, what's your song of the week? So I awkward, well not awkwardly, but randomly uses Beyonce's um gift in uh work chat, and so I've been listening to the song recently. But Beyonce, grown woman from her self titled album. Interesting. I don't think I. So, uh, the one that says Beyonce or B. This is Beyonce. The one, the secret album, the secret okay. visual album that was dropped in what was that, like 2016? Okay. 13? Something like that. And then Grown Woman was one of the, it was one of the ones where it just had a video. Like, it's not on, it's not on the album album just by itself. There's not just a song, but it has a video. Okay. I guess, I guess my song is going to be this song called Mama Mia by Don Tolliver. Like, I recently heard it and I love it. Love it. Really? Love it. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll like it too. I've heard some Don Tolliver songs. I've never heard that one. Or I don't think I've heard that one. There's a chance that I heard it and I, I think it's, didn't know. I think it's like one of his older albums, like 2016, I think. Let me check and see. Um, 2018, 2018. But I like Don Tolliver. I like his voice. I like what he does on music for the most part, especially when he features on people's stuff. I think it's it's unique. 
I think I think that's gonna be my song of the week. I keep saying I had this absolute Kendrick Lamar song, but I might, I might play that with my my montage that we got coming this week. Okay. Yeah. When you listen to the end of the other episode, like I got I got a couple things going. I ain't play. I ain't, I ain't go too crazy with it, but <laughs> I, I I am hyped now. Though I will say that this is that was before the heart part five came out. So we gonna see. We gonna see. But um, I'm gonna let you get some some sleep. And I'm gonna okay. try to get some sleep too, cause I've been burning it on both ends. Ah, my foot going to sleep. Oh Lord, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I um I'll hit you in the morning. Okay. I, oh, my whole my whole leg is sleep. Like my knee, my ankle, and my foot. Oh my god, it's <laughs> horrible. I'm trying to get it to get it back to normal. Like this is horrible. This is terrible, y'all. Just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, get some sleep. We'll uh, we'll pick it up next time. And be ready, because in two days, it's showtime at the Apollo. I know you'll be texting me, like, early in the morning. Five, five o'clock. Friday. Five o'clock. <laughs> I'm sending you a message. I'm going to be listening to when I drop the baby off. I have to have my headphones on, but... We're going to see. All right. But all right. Anyway, good night. Have a good one. You too. Bye. We are in the sleeper, not the sleeper, but the song of the week section of the podcast. And. I'm playing Grown Woman by Beyonce. I, I had a hard time finding this because I didn't see it on the original playlist. So now I gotta play the video video. But I hope you guys are enjoying this. And hopefully I don't get taken down because Beyonce is one of those artists, guys. She's huge. And I know people are listening. But I hope you guys are enjoying your days out there, your weekend, your weekday, whatever's going on. Hope you listen to this podcast at work. Hopefully it's helping you get through your day. And again, I don't own the rights to any of the songs or music you're hearing today. Just a fan of the music. Just want to bring, some shed some light to some things that uh, people may not privy to or you know just knowledgeable about I hope you guys are excited about the Kendra album as I am it's coming this Saturday only Friday I mean and I can't wait to to break down the album with Jen so Guys, enjoy. I've never heard this song before, by the way, guys. I know y'all know I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan. You know. And I guess I don't know too many guys that are just running to listen to the Beyonce album either. I'll say that. It's not that I don't like Beyonce. I just I'm 
not running to listen to the Beyonce album. There's a lot going on in this video too, guys. That's what people like Beyonce for her dancing, you know, her videos and her music. And this is probably the most music I ever played on a podcast, too, guys. I got music at the beginning, music at the end. Make sure you're being kind to people. You're treating people right out there. Because you never know what somebody's going through. Somebody might be under some insurmountable pressure and they're just barely keeping it together. And you may be the reason or the person that either makes or breaks their day. So keep that in mind when going forward in your daily endeavors. Because you just never really, really know. What someone's carrying. I know we all got our issues, but just keep that in mind. Just have some compassion for the next person. And again, this is Grown Woman by Beyonce. I want to say this is off her visual album. Like I said, I've never, I've never seen the video, but you know, it's interesting to see. I think she has all her babies in the video. But anyway. We are going to get into the next song. It is a song that I had never heard before, but I love it. And it's called Mamma Mia. It's a little bit different from the songs that you guys usually hear me play, but I like stuff like this too. Like, I am from Atlanta. Like, I love like songs that sound like this, but I'm definitely more a lyric driven guy. But it was just something about this song that just just made me love it. Like it's it's great to me. Like I love the beat. And this is Don Tolliver's Mama Mia off of his, I wanna say it's his first album, Donnie Womack. It's a play off Bobby Womack, great soul singer from back in the day. This sounds so good in the car too, man. I think that's probably part of the reason why. But Don Tolliver has one of those unique voices in music today. Like, it's only a few that we have. Some of those voices are CeeLo Green, Don Tolliver, Miguel. I think Chris Brown has a very unique voice. The Dream, Kid Cudi. I don't know if I just said Kid Cudi. But it's only a few people who have like those really, really unique standout voices. John Legend, too. I don't think there's anybody that sounds like John Legend. Janelle Monae. 
again, I don't own the rights to any of the music that you're hearing today. Just a fan of great music. I love music in general. And I just want to share some songs with you guys to add to your playlist. Just introduce you to some new stuff that you may not be up on. Just treat people nice, guys. Summertime's coming. That means violence is about to be more prevalent than ever. Seems like whenever the temperature gets hot, violence just goes up. So if you're in those road rage incidents, just just mind your own business. Just keep going. Like just don't even have to uh, argue about it. Just number one goal should be making it home. That shouldn't be a thought, but it's sad that we live in a world where that's what it is. We gotta. We got to think like that, where you got to think about how you're going to make it home or just to make it back to see your kids or your family. So, you know, we just got to just just move differently, like just conduct yourself differently. Like everything isn't worth fighting and arguing about. Like no one's going to think you're a chump if you don't, you know, say something back to the person that cut you off or the person that bumped you into the mall. I mean, bumped you bumped into you in the mall. Like, there's a lot of things we can just let let go. We don't always have to show how tough and brave and big we are because a lot of times they don't work out in our favor because there's always somebody bigger and better than you. But, um, but yeah, I'm just, just thinking about that going into the summer. But um, I hope you guys enjoy whatever day this is for you. Make sure you move with integrity. Be smart, be kind to people. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Be safe out there.